It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh man, hour two of our five-hour Wednesday Valentine's Day conversation rolls on. Busy hour, Rod will have his first rant of uh, the morning. We'll also get, uh, we'll hear from Kyle Shanahan talking about the overtime controversy that has been circulating since the uh, end of the Super Bowl and the walk-off win for the new the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. We'll hit some bullish and BS on this Valentine's Day. Also, Rob, we just came out of what the facts. I wanted to get to the, the fact that Usher, Usher, Rod, yeah. he did the full Vegas experience. You know, it's true now that uh, his halftime performance was the most watched ever. Not surprising. The game itself yeah. was the most watched ever. 129.3 million viewers saw Usher and his uh, friends on the field there at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, Usher... I saw here where Usher was paid $671. Because I guess they have to play like the union going rate at least to pay mm-hmm. a performer. Okay. So $671 to perform at the uh, Super Bowl, but he's already over $100 million in streams. Uh, oh, yeah. Since he's going the, on tour, I think. Uh, yeah, he started the tour. And while he was in Vegas, he got married right. to his longtime girlfriend. Yeah, I saw that. So Jennifer Gosheya. Yeah. Yeah, same night. Like yeah. he did the Super Bowl performance yeah. and they went and got married. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Way to go, Usher. Yeah, no, Usher's doing a lot of big things now. Um, yeah, he's, I knew he was going on tour. Usually when you got the Super Bowl, when I mean, you use that momentum, you got to start, you got to cash in on it. Yes. Um, because it's an investment. I mean, you basically, to put on that show, you got to invest in yourself because it's an expensive show, and the NFL, they don't pay you a lot. You just pointed out, they don't pay you anything. You got to do that for, you're doing that for free. It's all about promotion. But, yeah, you'll make it all up in the streams. I mean, Usher songs right now, I guarantee you. Oh. I haven't looked at iTunes, but I guarantee you they're all trending. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I put money on that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, recapping and still uh, reminiscing about the Super Bowl, but also talking Longhorn football with the uh, combine invites going out. That's the next phase of the football oh, yeah. calendar. And, no, literally, I pull up my uh, Apple Apple Music and Coming Home Usher is the <laughs> number, one, number one new no, the new music. It says Usher Coming Home. So, yeah, he's, he, he coordinated it all. He got the album, the tour. Super Bowl halftime show. He got married. He's like, boom, two ushers all over the place. You can't get away from Usher right now. You yeah, can't get away from Usher. Well, Beyonce did it up, too, because she, if you look at probably number two and three on the list is the new two new Beyonce country songs that she dropped, and she did that as part of a Verizon commercial. Oh, uh, doing Super Bowl halftime? <laughs> yeah, no, no, those are the commercials. Oh, yeah, okay, commercial I got you, I got you, yeah. That she was doing for Verizon and then announced breaking news and new songs, and it's it's – it's uh, Beyonce Gone Country. Is it a country music album or just it's the two, first it's, two songs? It's, it's, they're pretty good. 
One of them, one of them's decent. I, I listened to him on the way home from New Orleans. I was, I was yeah. surprised when to hear Beyonce doing country, but she, she, she's, she's a, a good Texas job. girl, man. She's yeah, she's in Texas. <laughs> Texas girl, but yeah, no, I mean that's you know a lot of a lot of young fans of country music these days. So, Aaron, uh, or did you, Rod? I know you didn't see it, but Aaron, did you catch the Kanye West commercial during the Super Bowl? No, I did he's not. But uh, I just I just saw it on Twitter, and it's it's literally. It says he spent $7 million on the commercial, but he just recorded it on his phone, and it's just him telling people to go to Yeezy.com. There you go. It's, it's strange. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, Rod, have you listened to his new album? Uh, I, I was planning to. I had not gotten a chance to. I mean, I hope it grows on me. It's, it's, I'm about halfway like through it. it. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's off the rocker a little bit. You can tell. You can well, tell by the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no doubt. I mean, trust me, I I, I love the old Kanye. <laughs> uh, but I, I'll check out Kanye stuff. I'll check it out. I mean, it's, it's him and I, what, Ty Dolla Sign? Is that the one? Yeah. Cultures? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if if a new album that's not up to par is what you think Kanye is uh, off his rocker a little bit, I think his actions in the last five or six years would tell you, mm, uh, you know, yeah. he's a little... He's, ex- he's, he's, he's went way past eccentric. Usually eccentric is still acceptable. Oh, the, but also speaking of Kanye West in the Super Bowl, did, I know I saw his daughter was a part of Usher's halftime show. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Northwest. Oh, I did not know that. She was playing the guitar out there. Yeah, no. My Northwest? Girl, my my oh, yeah, girlfriend right. pointed, it, pointed it out, but it, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I'm sure we're going to be wow. seeing more, more, more and more of her in the years to come. The rest that was funny. Kids. Everybody's trying to figure out. Because a lot of people at our place thought that the Jermaine Dupree, who was wearing the uh, – the shorts, like the the suit, but it had like short shorts. Yeah, not like cut off pants and a yeah. suit, and he had like fluffy so- fluffy socks. Oh yeah, that's a lot going it on. Looked ridiculous, uh, but a lot of people thought that was CeeLo Green. <laughs> they were like, "Is that CeeLo Green?" <laughs> I saw CeeLo at the Super Bowl too. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw him. He was at the, he was at the wedding. We were at a party uh, in the club at the wedding, and he was there. He was like just sitting on the couch, kicking it, kicking it. <laughs> CeeLo seems like a cool dude. That's crazy. That's all right, wild. yeah. Rod was there with uh, all That's the big funny. wigs, man, all the stars, and uh, every, everybody I've seen this <laughs> week funny. is like, man, we need to have that back in Vegas here soon. Let's go back yeah, to Vegas. Yeah, right. it's, it's going back in the next five years. I guarantee you. It was just too good. It, I've never seen Vegas like that. I've never seen the Super Bowl like that. And I've been to Vegas like six times. I've been to four Super Bowl. I've never seen anything like it. That combination. That was my uh, when I left the, the NFL uh, draft. Even there, I was like, man, they need to keep it there. That was really great. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's just that's what Vegas is built for. Hey, let's get to the headlines, trending topics, including CDC weighing in on all things Longhorn athletics. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories, and we'll start with uh, college football. We'll get to CDC in a minute. Just two years after they suffered through that miserable 5-7 and seven season, had two players invited to the NFL Combine, and none of them got drafted. Um, well, times have changed. Yesterday, coming off that Big 12 championship and the trip to the Final Four, uh, 11 Longhorns earned invites to this year's Combine in Indianapolis. Seven on the offensive side. Uh, running backs Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson. Running uh, wide receivers Jordan Whittington, A.D. Mitchell, and Xavier Worthy, and Jatavion Sanders, the tight end. Christian Jones, the right tackle. Four more on defense. Defensive lineman Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. Linebacker Jalen Ford and defensive back Ryan Watts, all Indianapolis bound. The event will be uh, in the Underwear Olympics there, February 26th through March 4th at Lucas Oil Stadium. Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte spoke to an on-campus town hall last night and answered questions from the uh, the faithful. Uh, among the highlights, uh, CDC outlined several new football-related facility upgrades, included initiatives to upgrade DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. They'll include 
uh, a new video board, uh, recruiting lounge, refurbishments to several luxury air level areas. Also, Ducati added the plan is to have a grass playing service at DKR by 2026, and construction on the program's new practice facility will begin this June. Big uh, news in media yesterday were that ESPN and the college football playoff have agreed to terms on a contract extension that will make the four-letter network the home of the 12-team playoff tournament. A uh, six-year extension will cost the network $1.3 billion annually. New deal believed to be contingent on the leaders in around college football, the conference commissioners and school presidents, uh, finalizing details of the new format following the demise of the Pac-12 as a Power 5 league. In the NFL, Washington Commanders head coach Dan Quinn hiring another member of that Dallas Cowboys coaching staff to join him in D.C. According to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, Commanders are hiring Cowboys assistant Sharif Floyd to be their assistant defensive line coach. While uh, college basketball, Texas men enjoying their week off ahead of Saturday's trip to Houston to face the fifth-ranked Cougars. Busy night in hoops last night in the Big 12. 12th-ranked Baylor uh, get rolled past OU in Waco, 79-62. Big win for 10th-ranked Iowa State. They went on the road, beat Cincinnati 68-59. And in Provo, BYU nipped Central Florida. 90 to 88. Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, I said this earlier about CDC. He's always got a grand vision for the program and for the kind of the overall uh, athletic department. It's based on individual. Um, kind of just these individual little plans that he has for each sport in terms of how to market them and how to promote them and, you know, what's best for the fan experience of those particular sports. But he's always got a, a grand vision. And he, what I love about him is that he, he's, he's, he's humble enough to admit I may not be able to do it. But I do have a plan. I, I would love to get, you know, Texas, Texas them on Thanksgiving. And he admits, like, oh, that may be tough to do, but I, 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 I want that for the program. Um, he admits you – know, he talked about the mini Moody Center for the volleyball team. Um, that's probably going to happen. I mean, he's, he, he's a builder. So he, in terms of facilities and that kind of the arms race, he's fantastic. I mean, he's a, he's a rainmaker. <laughs> from a fundraising perspective, I haven't really seen anything like it on the 40 because I don't think any of us have. Uh, but part of that is that he's selling stuff to, you know, to, to, to raise these funds. He has to sell a vision. And so he always has a vision to sell. Now the vision costs. Uh, it costs a lot of money. That's why he talks about the Texas One Fund and all that. But I do love the fact that he's always got like kind of his, this grand uh, long-term vision for each program. And all he needs is the programs to keep winning. Yeah. And he'll keep, you know, he'll keep coming up with the plans, the grand plans. Yeah. I'll do the macro. You do the micro. Uh, coach your team. Uh, recruit, win. <laughs> we'll get you the facilities. Uh, you know, compete in the top ten is pretty much the uh, the declaration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you don't, we've got to figure out why. Uh, why are you we're, – yeah. we're giving you everything you, you could ask for. Well, and that's uh, – yeah, the mini Moody thing is really interesting uh, of all the uh, conversations that came out of that. Because, again, the volleyball program is you know, the elite program in the country, uh, and they're playing in Gregory Gym. And I know there's a nostalgia for Gregory Gym for a lot of, of uh, students and, and alumni, but, you know, that's not a first-rate facility. CDC no. he talked about the concessions are rough. They can't do much for, for fan experience there. It's just an old gym. Uh, it's an old uh, – mm-hmm. it's, it's classic, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the popularity of women's volleyball, the growth of women's volleyball – you know, could you create and replicate something like Moody in a smaller scale where they could play volleyball, you know, in a, in a, in a first-class facility? I don't know where they're doing that. I'm not sure where the footprint is on the 40 acres to make that up. He's got a grand plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. I'm sure that he's thought about Wedge that. Wedge it too. in here somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm with you. I haven't 
I gotta go tour the campus and find out whether if it's it's a, it's tight right now, considering all the stuff they've built in the last five six years and all the upgrades they've well, made. Well, I also think, as I say, the popularity of volleyball. You know that 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 Gregory Gym only seats you know so many. Yeah, they could fill more seats. I mean, people love going to those volleyball people games. People love going to those games. Yeah. And so, the, 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 you know, capacity is reached pretty easily. If you could expand that capacity, especially for the big games, you could, you know, it's, it becomes a new revenue stream and uh, support the women's volleyball. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's, it's a – Now you got sand volleyball too now. Beach right? volleyball, yeah. Beach volleyball, yeah. Uh, beach volleyball starts you – know, it's, it's coming online too. So, yes, uh, the popularity of that sport for sure. Not, I mean, it's crossover too. I mean, people love watching the volleyball matches as they make their runs annually now. Uh, for sure, when women's basketball, the TV ratings are through the roof right now. So, uh, absolutely, you know, a good point on, on CDC and the vision to uh, to continue to grow. Yeah, no, I, mean, that's, I think that's why, you know, Lohan fans are such big fans of, of him. He's, he's accessible, number one. Um, so, reach out to him on Twitter, and you, you'll get a response. And if you see him and talk to him, he's one of those guys that will – go to the side and talk to fans and give them, you know, their 10, 15 minutes with them. Um, and that's what this was about, right, the town hall meeting. He's just very uh, upfront about his, uh, like his plans for the program. Yeah. And he, he said he's always got something he's tinkering with, something he's thinking about, bringing grass back to DKR for, for, for football, which I think is a good idea, by the way. Texas can't afford to do it. They should do it. Other programs can't afford natural grass. They just can't, and that's and that's fine. But I'm not, I'm not really. A, I mean, the players' union. I think they they put out there they prefer to play on grass. I've always preferred to play football on grass. But if you can afford grass, you should get grass. Texas can't afford it. Yeah. Well, look, and there was a game this past year. Which game was it? Where it was 150 degrees on the field? Like I mean, because of the heat, and yeah. then the, uh, the turf. as the turf heats up, that the rubber, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's un- that's unsafe, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and again, it's an outdoor stadium. They have the, the finances to do grass. There's nothing else played on that. Yeah. I mean, come on now. It's not it, like there's an overuse factor. Yeah. I mean, oh. you could argue like baseball. I know there's always been the over, over at Dishfalk Field. I mean, talking to Augie Garrido about it back in the day, and David Pierce. You know, that gets used a lot for camps, and then the weather is a challenge. And so even if it's raining, you can still play uh, yeah. with, with the turf that they have. You can still get out there and practice in, in inclement weather. Um, you know, football, they're not going to have that problem. They only play mm-hmm. six or seven home games a year. They can practice on it. That's a little bit of different. Baseball, a lot more games and, you know, a lot more weather factors to deal with with that. So that but football for sure should be grass. Yeah. Now, so I'm happy about that. But, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, he, he addressed a lot of things. The Texas A&M game. Being on Thanksgiving, I know some people feel passionately about it. To me, it doesn't matter that often. I think he's just embracing an old tradition, competing with the NFL. That's the discussion he's going to have with the broadcast networks and with you know administration and stuff like that because that's essentially what the decision would be. There are some college football games that are played on Thanksgiving. Traditions. Egg Bowl right yeah, now. There you go. Um, well, you may have an ESPN that says, you know what, you know, the NFL is going to put their game on NFL Network or wherever that, that night. Or make you stream it or something. Uh, <laughs> something you know, crazy we'll, in the we'll put on ESPN, Texas, Texas A&M. But we'll see. That's to be determined. Uh, but, yes, CDC, that's, you know, he's just such an open book. And this is an open town hall. And anybody can show up, raise their hand, ask a question. I think that's pretty cool that he's accessible that way. By the way, several people are letting our guy Ty know and his girlfriend that uh, that was not uh, Northwest. Yeah, I was misinformed. Of, it was uh, her. Her. I, I, I didn't know who you were talking about, but her. It was the, her? The great, yeah, H-E-R, the tremendous performer. She was the one playing guitar. I probably, I I, I probably should have paid more attention. At a, at a very high level playing guitar, too, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, Northwest, the daughter of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, only 10 years old. She is featured her. on the new Kanye album, though. <laughs> so I know that for a fact. Old. I don't even know who her is, actually. 
Oh, I've heard of her. Big time. Yeah. Her, she won a bunch of Grammys I've last year. I've heard of her. You, you'll notice her when you, you'll know her. She's very, That's very like talented. one of those, like, I love you blues. too. Yeah. N- names. <laughs> okay. H period, E period, R period. So is period. it an acronym? Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I, oh, okay. So what does it stand for? I'll I find know. out. Let's go to Rod's rant, and yeah. I'll look it up. <laughs> Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, so I bet a text says having everything revealed is what her means. Okay. Having everything revealed. Okay. All right. Yeah, her, her, she was born Gabriella Wilson. All right. There you uh, go. And she for originally wanted to keep her identity hidden as part of a uh, gimmick. Myster- mis- keep it mysterious. But that didn't last? And now she's her. But that didn't last, all the trying to keep it mysterious? Yes, yes, yes. So well, she, she got too, too famous. She won an Academy Award. She won five Grammy Awards. She's also played Belle in the Beauty and the Beast on ABC. So, yeah, she's, she's done a lot. And then right. that was her playing guitar for Usher. Usher. Right. Usher. Not Kanye's. Not Kanye's daughter. Not Kanye's daughter. All right. There you go. Glad we got that. Let's get, you know, we don't want to leave anybody confused. Glad <laughs> we got that clarified. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys new defensive coordinator a little bit and the differences in these schemes. And one thing I liked about Mike Zimmer, he did go away from – uh, the game for a while. He did step away, I should say, for for the game for a while. He decided that he wanted to become kind of a student of the game again. Um, after he got done in Minnesota in 2021, he became a consultant for a while with Jackson State, uh, became another consultant when Dion went with, to Colorado to step away from the from game from the game and usually when guys are stepping away from the game uh, it's because they are becoming a student of it again just for a little while. And he did admit his goal was to be back in the NFL in 2024. So he didn't step away not knowing exactly what his future would be. He said his goal was to be back in the NFL in 2024, and that's exactly what happened. Um, the, the hope is that when he was an analyst, he just went overall and started to study the, the most modern concepts of defense. And his defense, they're going to have some staples, though, that just are not going to change, but they're going to change – you know, very much so from what you remember from Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn had a lot of unique elements of his defense, and there's going to be uh, some things that are just going to be kind of overhaul um, overnight, kind of just uh, overhaul changes on this defense. Number one, the three safeties, which he, he – and now the safeties are important in Mike Zimmer's defense, but he's not going to use the three safety package to the extent the big nickels, the big dime, as they call it, for uh, uh, for Dan Quinn. You're not going to see that as much. And, but uh, the Cowboys have good safeties. And, and, and J. Run Curse, I think, is the only one of those three of Donovan Wilson, Billy Cooker, that's actually a free agent. I'll go check that. I, I think one of, one of those guys is a free agent. I'll go check it to make sure. But it may be J-Run Curse. But either way, you have depth at safety because Dan Quinn has been building depth at safety for you because he played more three safety rotations than any team in the league. And that will change. Mike Zimmer puts a lot on the, 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 the plate of his safeties. He prefers most of the time to play with two deep safeties or at least to start them out that way to play with two, two high safeties 
Um, he's one of those uh, defensive coordinators going to play a lot of man. One of the famous quotes from Mike Zimmer is uh, when he was mic'd up, you can find a cover two corner anywhere. I can go down to the 7-Eleven in Bloomington and get one, <laughs> meaning there's no value in a corner that can't play man-to-man. All right, any guy that can play some man-to-man coverage, that's the the, the craft, right? That's the, the, the ultimate skill if you can play man-to-man, and that's what he wants from his corners, the ability to play man. That actually will translate. Dan Quinn played a lot of man-to-man defense. Um, you go look at the man-to-man numbers for Dan Quinn. He was among third highest top five rate in the NFL. Um, in terms of cover one overall. Um, and Mike Zimmer loves cover one, too. Doesn't play as much as Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was probably a third of the time or more you're in man-to-man coverage. That is not the case for Zimmer. They'll drop to right around or below 20%. And Zimmer has a more uh, balanced approach to his coverages that he calls. Um, You'll get cover one at about a 17 18% rate, cover two, is about 18-3 at about a 22% clip. Cover four, you'll get about a 14-15% clip. I mean, it varies more. With Dan Quinn, he was big into playing man and big into essentially pattern match cover three, uh, matchup cover three. And that's why he played a lot of single high, right? Single high man, and they could morph that single high into being cover three. And that was, what, 60%? of Dan Quinn's coverages, more predictable, but he made the the defense highly unstable in a lot of other ways, in a good way, because it was something that the defense could not really figure out because of the three safeties. There was a lot of pre-snap disguise. There was a lot of um, twists and stunts up front to confuse blocking schemes, and then you have hybrid athletes who can move around the formation. So all of that just made the it, it it was tough to see it as a stabilizing force, um, but it caused a lot of chaos. And chaos was good for Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn wanted to force chaos because that would create pressure and then it would create turnovers. And so he was big in just forcing chaos for the offense in all those different ways, right? The the the, sh- the shell disguise and the pre-snap shell disguise for the safeties, the twists and stunts up front. Um, you know, those those are at top five rates. Play a lot of man-to-man, especially if you can play press on the outside, disrupt the timing of the wide receivers, and all of that led to quarterback confusion, chaos, and it led to a lot of turnovers and led to a lot of pressure up front too. Uh, Mike Zimmer's defense doesn't necessarily work like that, doesn't um, promote chaos as much as a Dan Quinn defense. Um, I will say that if you look at like the middle of the field open, like the middle of the field, we just talked about that, 60% of the time you got a safety in the middle of the field. They call it middle of the field closed. Um, that's because it, it's closed off. The middle of the field is closed off with that one guy. Um, that's 60% of the time with Dan Quinn. Um, Mike Zimmer's a middle of the field open guy. He's pretty much split. He'll give you middle of the field open or uh, close around 50% of the time, 50 and 48. So he's he's a lot more balanced defensively. Um, he's going to bring back the, you know, the, the under fronts as well. Um, that's something that is big for a, a Mike Zimmer defense. Uh, he, he loves pattern match zone, which is what Nick Saban and Bill Belichick famously, uh, you know, 
popularized in the NFL and NFL circles. Um, that's something also that he has in common with Dan Quinn's defense. He loves disguise. That's also a commonality between both of these defenses. That's something I think that will carry over and translate to. And if you go look at it, I think the corners, because they can play man-to-man, um, and Mike Zimmer likes corners that can play man-to-man, that is something that uh, Mike Zimmer's defense will can, will be a, it will be a strength of this Mike Zimmer defense because both your corners, Trevon Diggs and Deron Bland, and I don't know what they're going to do with Stephon Gilmore, uh, but you got corners that can, that, can, that can cover, and you got safeties that can cover. So uh, there's, there's going to be some similarities, but there's going to be a lot of differences just in the way they call the games. I think Dan Quinn took a lot more chances than Mike Zimmer will. Mike Zimmer is about a fundamentally sound defense being technically proficient, and Dan Quinn like I said, was about chaos and was oftentimes, you know, rolling the dice. And he knew when to do it. He was really good at it. Um, but Mike Zimmer's defense will be better against the run because it is a, like I said, more fundamentally sound defense. But I don't know if he'll force as many turnovers, and I don't know if he'll get as much pressure. It's just different. It's, it'll different, be effective, but, 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 but different. But really sound. I mean, yeah. it's a Bill Parcells disciple time of defense and uh, like where they're going. Now they're going to have to rebuild the coaching staff a little bit because uh, – Arden Dirt is off to be the Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn, of course, um, you know, brought the passing game coordinator with him and now hiring the assistant D-line coach. I mean, they're going to – Mike Zimmer's have to bring in his own coaches, yeah. which is fine. Probably a better way to go anyway. Yeah, he's a, he's a veteran. So oh, he's, he's got, got a lot of connections. Yeah, he's got a lot of connections. Actually, that will be a strength for him too. And it was for Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn always put together really good staffs, actually. All right, good stuff there. We'll come back and talk some Valentine's Day. Also, uh, Longhorns headed to the Combine, 11 of them. Saw an interesting uh, three-round mock draft from the NFL, NFL.com. That's got some intriguing uh, nuggets as we are, aren't even to the combine time, but they're already out there. Uh, we'll also get to the other top stories of a, Tuesday, of a Wednesday morning celebrating Valentine's Day with you. I'll hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Happy Valentine's Day, 14 February, and yes, it's that. Uh, Stretch on the calendar where college football over, pro football over, Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, and uh, hey, now it's about the uh, the combination of college and pro football because it's scouting season, it's draft board building season with the combine. Longhorn silly was, season, silly season. Yes, it's the uh, the three month job interview with the uh, combines. We had the Senior Bowl that'll lead into winter. Uh, Texas Pro Day is March twentieth down on the forty acres. Then it's draft board building and individual workouts and you know, personal visits, all those things, all the way to uh, late April's draft. The final weekend of April is when they'll draft the players. Longhorns, um, you know, as we said earlier, two years after having no players drafted and only two invited to the Combine, that's a different story this year with 11. Longhorns headed to the Combine, and I saw Rod, NFL.com, and this is, this is also part of the silly season. The mock drafts will come out. Uh, NFL.com has put out a three-round mock draft. Okay. And in it, they, not surprisingly, have Byron Murphy going 15th overall as the first Longhorn off the board to the Indianapolis Colts. And this is about where we're seeing Byron mm-hmm. mocked. Anyway, we've seen him. I've seen him all the way up in the top 10, yeah. uh, down to about the 20th pick. But Byron Murphy, and most people expect, Rob, when he gets to the combine, he's going to blow it up, that he's going to – remember, he's a running back into mm-hmm. the, into when he left middle school into high school. Yeah. Got great feet, you know, and he's just kept getting bigger. Uh, but he, he plays with a relentless uh, energy and a motor – 
plays with great leverage, and he's a guy that could, could see himself rise. You were talking about what uh, A.D. Mitchell could do with a good 40 time. Byron Murphy, I think most people think athletically, is going to stand out big time when he gets to Indy. Uh, but then how about this? We talked about this yesterday. NFL.com has the Miami Dolphins with the 21st pick in the first round selecting J.T. Sanders. Wow. Yeah. Tied in Miami, to, to Miami wow. with the idea that uh, you put in with uh, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, uh, look out. JT Sanders. Now, and, they, and that's where we talked about that. You know, most people are, are mocking JT into the second round, which you know, he's, a, he's still working and developing the position. He just started playing tight end a couple years ago here at Texas, but at the same time, the the skill set is elite, and it's a thin tight end class. It is. Yeah, there's a significant drop off between those two guys. There's Brock Bowers, <laughs> then everybody else, then there's JT Sanders, and really everybody else. Yeah, no, I agree. And athletically, if JT Sanders uh, performs well um, at the combine. I think his draft stock could increase exponentially just because if it's anywhere close athletically to the profile of Brock Bowers, uh, more and more people will start making that comparison. Yeah. They will. No. And they'll, 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 become, they'll get that the gap will, I think, shrink a little bit between Brock Bowers and between JT Sanders. Uh, that mock draft also has, by the way, uh, Jonathan Brooks at pick 39, which, gosh, that might be early, but 39 in the second round. He was the number one on the running back on the board for most. That's going to be a, a, that's going to be, you know, predicated on medicals and what the medical ter- medicals look like for him coming off that uh, ACL surgery. A.D. Mitchell at pick 40. Devondre Sweat pick 44. Xavier Worthy at pick number 60. In the yeah, see, they mock. got A.D. Mitchell dropping. Yes. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, that, that could happen. I, I brought it up in Rod's rant. That could end up happening. Sorry, when we get, went behind the burn's curtain, but that could happen if he doesn't run a good forty. Yep, he could go anywhere because if he go, if he runs a good forty, AD Mitchell could be a top twenty-five a first top, round pick. First round pick if he, you know, is four or five-ish, you know, you'll see him. But and again, being the fortieth player selected of a draft is not uh, no, nope. it's not a knock. It's to get you a chance, and you'll probably be on a good team. Um, you know, but yeah, AD Mitchell is an NFL receiver for sure. It's just going to be what's that? What's that top end speed? Yep, agreed exactly. And I think he, I think he could, I think he really could run a low four-five, a high four-four. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Pro day coming up in March. So there's an interesting nugget. I also, obviously, in this spot yesterday, Rod, we talked about Kyle Shanahan. And obviously, that's been the conversation. Pat Mahomes and Kyle Shanahan have been the central figures since this game ended on Sunday night. And, you know, we, we said going in for two weeks, and the, the person with the most pressure on them was Kyle Shanahan to deliver in a big moment and yep. win a Super Bowl and uh, achieve the goal. Well, uh, obviously, since then, the conversation has been added. But in this spot yesterday, you played the audio of maybe Kyle Shanahan not understanding mm-hmm. overtime rules. Uh, you said maybe they shouldn't even talk to the media, but uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch sat at the podium yesterday and sat at a table and talked to the media assembled in San Francisco, and here was Kyle Shanahan when asked about the, uh, the overtime situation. Uh, some of the players after the game said they did not know the rules, the new rules for overtime, and Brock just said that he kind of went to, to Brian right at the start of overtime for kind of a refresher of, okay, these are the rules, right? It Was it important, do you think, for the players to know the the, diff, the new rule as it pertains to overtime in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I mean, we we did say, I and mean, we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with to make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but no, I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs. What you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get. Um, especially ones I haven't been in, and 
um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right, and then I go off my gut in the heat of battle, and I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. Um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that. So uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time. Some other context. I believe we just closed, I think it was 11 play drive. All right, so there was John Lynch uh, jumping in. So, yeah, I mean, that's – and a lot of people mentioned that, and that's a fair point. I mean, your defense was just on the field uh, for a two-minute drill, 11-play drive, you know, chasing around Patrick Mahomes, rushing the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you – that's where – the only controversy I've, I've seen with this or even thought was there is to the point of yesterday, if Kyle Shanahan wasn't aware – then that would be, uh, you know, right. Uh, you could absolutely criticize that in a big way. But at the same time, if, you know, he just said it. He knew the rules, and he chose to go that direction. And there's, 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 a, there's a good defense for that uh, with a tired defense, you know, the ability to have the ball third. Um, or, as we've said, I mean, everybody assumes Patrick Holmes gets the two-point conversion. You could stop the two-point conversion if they score a touchdown and still win the football game. But, you know, you're, you're in overtime for a reason, two very evenly matched teams, and, you know, it, it, it's right to criticize either way, but the fact that he understood it, they went over it with the players, I think that controversy can be put to bed. Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the controversy started because the players said they didn't know. Right. That's why the controversy started. It's because the players said they didn't know, which was still the case. Yeah. I mean, they're still that's still on the record. Multiple players saying that they did not know about the overtime rules. And then the question became, well, if they didn't know, did the coaches know? And if the coaches knew, then why didn't they communicate that? Um, and basically they just confirmed that, yeah, he did tell the coaches to communicate to the players. Not all the players either weren't listening or there was a miscommunication uh, with some of the players. Yeah. It happens. So not everybody was on the same page. It happens. No. Yep. And, of course, Kyle's on the short end of the only the second. He's been in both overtime Super Bowls and come up on the short end, unfortunately. Yeah, but he's come up on the short end to the guys who, are, who can put on the cape, the Tom Brady's and yep. the Patrick Mahomes. And in clutch time, you know, I – it's it for for uh for for him being in this era the the Patrick Mahomes era it's just unfortunate that every time in clutch time you don't necessarily have a guy that can match that energy that Patrick Mahomes has you ain't got a guy that can put on a cape because there are several throws that Brock Purdy could have made that could have sealed the game yeah and that's right that third down where Trent McDuffie blitzes him and Brandon Ayuk is wide open with the hot route. I mean, that's just a hot route. That it's been a the simple first hot route. And, he, and, he, and Brock Purdy admitted, yeah, I was reading it. Uh, I was reading it differently. It's like, reading what differently? I mean, the guy blitzed and you were looking right at it. Brandon Ayuk was, he became immediately the hot route. He put his hands up in the air. Yeah. Throw that ball accurately. Game's over. You yeah. can seal the game off and they won't, they won't have enough time for Patrick Mahomes to pull out his cape and make magic happen. But Brock Purdy didn't. He missed him. Yeah, we talked about that money. The single biggest play was that. And I think, as you talked about, the single biggest moment potentially was when Drake Greenlaw got hurt. And we'll hear something. We'll hear some of that audio coming up uh, in in bullish or BS. But you mentioned Brandon Ayuk, and this will be interesting because they also talk Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch now, obviously, about roster construction moving forward. And Brandon Ayuk is a guy who needs needs a new deal. And they already have guys with a lot of new deals. Would it surprise you to realize that, according to Pro Football Focus, if you combine regular season and postseason, highest graded wide receivers this year, Tyreek Hill one, Brandon Ayuk two, Nico Collins Houston three, Amon Ross St. Brown and C.D. Lamb round out the top five. 
Um, I mean, Nico Collins did have a good year. He did, especially uh, when you combine his playoff performance. Yeah, he had a, a big game in in the, the Browns game. Yeah, no, Brandon. I mean, if you basically if you look at it, that he's a, he's an All Pro this year, right? I believe he was right, wasn't no. he? And he's as you've talked about, Debo Samuel's not a man coverage beater. He is. Brandon Ayuk is. Let me yeah, make sure he, he's that. the guy that uh, you got to. So they got to worry about him. Obviously, Texans fans are excited to have Nico Collins moving forward because people talk about the Texans have to take a receiver in this draft coming up in the first round. Really, well, Nico Collins, if he continues to emerge and develop as he has out of Michigan, uh, you got a go-to guy. You got Tank Dell too. Uh, and it's a deep receiver class. And, you know they really don't have to go wide receiver uh, in Houston with pick twenty-three. But uh, Tyree Kill, obviously, Nico Collins, Amon Ross, St. Brown had a great season, and C.D. Lamb uh, fit there. But that'll be a big question for San Francisco: Can they keep Brandon Ayuk? You know, at some point in the salary cap league, right? You can't keep them all. No, <laughs> you, you mean you can't have uh, all those All Pros. And sometimes, and I think most Niner fans realize: Wait, we got to we got to fix the right he side had, of our offensive line. He had, I mean, yeah, he just had three receptions in the Super Bowl. I know on six targets. Well, that goes back to the Steve Spagnola you know, versus Kyle Shanahan battle in which you could argue uh, you know, Spagnola won the battle because Brock Purdy didn't execute on third downs, missed some big throws, and a lot of that, as you've talked about, was by the changing of tendency by Steve Spagnuolo, a lot of man, a lot of press, a lot of uh, gambling blitz defense. And, um, you know, because George Kittle, I mean, that was part of my, my, over, my, my hires and lowers, Rod, my over-unders. You know, George Kittle, I thought, yeah. was going to have a big game. Didn't. Ayuk, I thought, was going to have a good game. Big game didn't, not at all. And, um, you know, that is credit to Steve Spagnuolo. He took away some of their best, biggest weapons, and that's why they held them to 22 points. Yeah, I mean, he's a second-team All-Pro this year. So, Brandon Ayuk, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And he was a first-round pick when he came out. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting to see at the 49ers. They got two All-Pros <laughs> at wide receiver because Debo was an All-Pro two years ago as an All-Pro receiver. It's just that they were so stacked. I don't even know how you stack a roster even more than that. And man, where do they go from here? Yeah, it's going to be their question. And they got to pay. They got to pay these guys. Yep. Now they got to pay them, or decide to. Anyway. Yep. Are you going to reinvest in what's Christian McCaffrey's contract? They got to go look at that. Uh, that's right, because of course he was traded during yeah. the middle of the big deal he signed with Carolina. I got to go look at that. Um, so that'll be look. There's a lot of work to be done there, and that's where we say we come in here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after these games. Cowboys in the same you know conversation. Three weeks ago, the Texans, uh, what's next? And, again, everyone's chasing that guy with the cape on and trying to figure out how to beat Patrick Mahomes, who's going to have a victory parade, Left, went to Disneyland with his wife, and now he's back uh, in Kansas City where they'll have the big victory parade this morning, the third in five years. He signed through 2025. Yeah, McCaffrey has got yeah. uh, this, this year next year. So they got him for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that would get in. They're, they're stacked. They're good quality teams. The Packers are rising. Lions feel like they should have gotten through the Niners in the first place. Uh, Cowboys, of course, adding Mike Zimmer and trying to be their Philadelphia. But, man, uh, you're chasing, you're chasing uh, a legend already at 28 years old and who's going to have a, a victory parade today. So that's some NFL. We'll, uh, we heard from Shanahan. We're going to hear about this because I do think in bullish or BS, and, and Rod has pointed out from the moment he walked in off the airplane, that the Dre Greenlaw injury was the, the pivot point to the football game, and I don't huge, disagree man. with that uh, in big picture. Let's come back. We'll hit Bullish or BS. We'll play that audio because, of course, the NFL is putting out this audio of mic'd up and people are mic'd up. Uh, the immediate reaction from the Niners' sidelines when Dre Greenlaw you know, ruptured his Achilles running oh. onto the field, uh, shocking mm. to everyone. Let's uh, hear that coming back. Also, other Bullish or BS, America has spoken. Their favorite and least favorite commercials from the Super Bowl, Rod. Ooh, I like that. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. And uh, crank it up with you. Happy Valentine's Day. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I'm so 
love song this morning being uh, spun by our man T.Y. on this Valentine's Day. It's also uh, Ash Wednesday for Christians and uh, Catholics. So uh, crossover today. Some are going to be celebrating with uh, chocolates and candies and some are going to be fasting, Rod. Fasting, because that begins today, 40 days, 40 nights. Good luck with with both for everybody's, whatever you're doing. Whichever one you are passionate about. Good luck to you. That's right. That's right. All right, Rod, the uh, the American people have spoken. Uh, America's favorite and least favorite commercials. Over 160,000 people took part in the annual USA Today ad meter poll, ranking the best Super Bowl commercials. And number one on the list, bullish or BS, like a good neighbor. From State Farm, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that was number the one. Neighbor. 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 Yeah, that was really good. That was, all, that was all his action hero film roles. Number two, the yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, good. Dunkin' Kings, with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, and J-Lo. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. That's number two? That was number two. I don't know about that one. That one, I don't know if I laughed at that. Did you laugh at that one? Uh, I don't think I've seen the full thing. I've seen a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff that they did, which yeah, is pretty funny see, with Affleck uh, and Damon. Uh, and, then, of course, the, the the great Tom Brady. I'm not sure about that one. I like the concept because it's Dunkin' right, and Dunkin' Donuts was what, what found based really in, in New England, and then those two guys are Boston guys. Tom Brady was in New England forever. I like the concept, but I don't know if I the if it came off as good as they wanted. But, uh, of course, the American people, 160,000 of them like it as number two. Perfect 10, the Kia commercial. Uh, I don't even remember this one. Where the young young girl figure skating for her grandfather? Ooh, you nope. I got me on that. Got nothing. I uh, mean, Ty might have watched all of them commercials. I didn't watch all of them. I didn't watch any of them really. Damn, we didn't watch any of the commercials. I was, I was, I got it better. You were at the game. I was, yeah, I was so cooking I ravioli. I told you all that. Ravioli, yeah. like homemade. Yeah, did not turn nice. out very well. Ooh, fail. <laughs> you cooking it for the family? <laughs> no, just for me and my girlfriend. Oh, okay. Cooking the raviolis, like homemade pasta and everything. Yeah, I, I had I had to order a pasta making machine after it because I, I was trying to roll out ravioli Whoa. dough with a vodka bottle. It it, 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 it was a little Damn. too thick. Did not work out well. It was a good try though. But you know what? It you was know, the thought that counts. Yeah, you, you can't fail if you don't try. You know, and that's, that's just you get back up on the horse and try it again. It's the thought that counts. Thought that counts. I like I'm sure. it. I'm sure she appreciated um, that. All right. Uh, bullish or BS, uh, Rod, can I play this for you? This was heartbreaking. I, I think I know where you stand on this, but listen to this audio tie uh, that I sent you. This is NFL Films, and this is mic'd up with you know, the, just running back on the field in the second quarter, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw uh, getting ready to go play defense, and they've been dominating defensively up to this point. Dominating. And obviously one of the, uh, the cruelest injuries we've seen in a Super Bowl. Hey, 57 got hurt. 57 got hurt over there. You're not going to believe what happened. Watch 57, Dre Greenlaw, after the stop on the punt return. Oh. It doesn't look pretty. No! Did Dre just get hurt running out on the field? Did Dre really tear his Achilles? Yeah, they just said That's depressing. <laughs> that was yeah. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah. Did Dre just get hurt running back on the field? Uh, and yeah, I mean, I feel uh, like you're cursed at that point. You're like, oh, you, you kind of do, right? He just got hurt with a non-contact injury in between plays, running on the field. And prior to that, he had been huge. Yes. He was having a great game, like literally on his way to being like one of the most 
impactful players defensively for either team. And, and he was already a pivotal part of the defense because they were putting Fred Warner essentially on Travis Kelsey. Like he was basically uh, guarding Travis Kelsey and they were using Drake Greenlaw as basically the one who was kind of uh, policing the middle of the field. That's their central nervous system, the communication center of defense. And as soon as he went down, they man, the Kansas City Chiefs, they went you can you can tell right there how giddy Patrick Mahomes was. And he's not happy about the guy getting hurt, but he's happy about not having to deal with one of the best defensive uh linebackers in the league. And they went right after that dude. I think it was Owen, Owen Burke. Burks. Uh they went right after him. Nine targets, nine receptions allowed, one thirty four passer rating, and that's when they got the first score on the board. Yeah. That's well, the first that led to the first score. Uh, and it's, you know, there are a lot of huge moments in this game, but that's the bullish or BS question for me. Was that the single biggest, you know, oh, moment of the game for the 49ers? I mean, you come out third down, coming out of t- two-minute warning and overtime. But, man, because you, as you said, they were dominating on defense, and oh. the Chiefs looked rattled because Travis Kelsey wasn't open, and then Drake Greenlaw was patrolling the rest and knocking people around. I mean, it was, really it was, was. a great game plan. And you heard the giddiness kind of, again, not because he was hurt, but you know Patrick Mahomes running over to Andy Reid. Hey, 57's hurt. Let's go after 57's hurt. Let's go. Come on. Let's, let's get it. Let's go after this guy. Nine targets and nine catches later, the offense cranked up, and you know we know the history. I mean, that is, that is as you said, you feel like you're cursed at that point. That is terrible. It really was. And then you look at, oh, man, once he, once he goes down, and I'm sure there were adjustments made uh, defensively by Stephen uh, uh, Coach Wilkes just to make sure that you can, you can, you know, somehow try to, uh, you know, fill that void or you know, uh, defend that space, that vo- that area, and that made you vulnerable elsewhere. I yeah, mean, it was just kind of a well, cascading effect, then. and then it's that's when the uh, that's when they started unraveling defensively. That's, that's when they showed their first vulnerability, and it, that's not really their fault. Roster construction, you can only have so many elite players. Well, we said everybody knows this, right? If you can do a good job on Travis Kelsey and let everybody else, you know, you got to make someone else beat you, and they were doing that. I mean, we're approaching halftime here when this happens. Yeah, yeah, had one, what, they had one catch at halftime? Yeah, it's like they were doing it, and then as you said, I mean, now they know their personnel. All of a sudden, Oren Burks is in the game, and it's like, well, he's, he's, not, he's kind of a covers liability. Um, that's a problem. Uh, now what do we do? Um, it's kind of like, you know, you know, when the Cowboys and against the Packers, when they don't have enough linebackers that are healthy, they're having to play DBs, mm-hmm. you know, big, you know, try to six DB sets to try to stop the run. Yeah. Well, the Packers just keep running at them. They just kept running so, at them. Just kept pounding it with Aaron Jones. And, you know, that comes down to, that's just, that's a really bad luck. <laughs> it, <laughs> it really they, is. No, the, the 49ers had the worst luck. I mean, first of all, and, and, and that they, the ball was on the ground seven times in that game. Ball bounces all types of weird ways. The 49ers only got their hands on one of them. One of those seven footballs that's just bouncing around there for anybody to get at any time, and they only got their hands on one of those. The rest of them, Kansas City Chiefs got them. I don't even know how to explain that. And you know what? That's, that can be practiced. I mean, honestly, you, you, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs were just better prepared. Maybe they'll tell you, oh, no, no, we practice a lot of fumble drills, offensively, defensively, getting our hands on the football. That's important to us. So they could very well tell you that. Special teams, I mean, special teams was huge in this game. You had a fumble recovery, one of them on Blocked special teams. Point. And they block extra point. And, guys, that's on the 49ers, right? I mean, that blocked extra point, that's execution. That could have been the game. Oh, man. Just 100%. a simple uh, execution play. They call it team automatic. <laughs> it's supposed to be so automatic, and it was not automatic, and that cost them the game. They had a – I mean, you're supposed to have a, a what they call a Peter call. 
on on punt returns where if a certain call is made, everybody vacates that area, runs away, so that they don't get hit yeah, the, the, by the, a loose football. The returner is calling Peter, Peter, right? Peter. They, they, you say that call, and everybody understands you run away from the, the action, and that way you don't have the unfortunate incident of the football hitting you in the back of the leg or hitting you on your shoulder pad. Was there a Peter call? I don't know. Didn't seem like it. The guys didn't. Well, if there was a Peter call, it wasn't. It was. They didn't adhere to it. Yeah. They didn't execute it. So because those are small little things that are huge. Small little things that are magnified in that game. And if any of those things go to 49ers' way, they win that game. Yep. Any one of them go their way. Yep. Fair and point. They didn't make their own luck. I mean, that's execution. That's bad luck. Trust me, my man Shano's diving deep into it, um, and it's heartbreaking. <laughs> and then it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, too. And then the guy with the cape on on top of all that. Man, oh, man. We'll read brutal. you that stat again coming up on uh, Patrick Mahomes and clutch situation drives. Uh, it's really a remarkable thing. Just another piece of remarkable for Patrick. Uh, we'll also uh, continue these conversations. Rod uh, it will take us behind the Burn Orange Curtain. 11 Longhorns headed the NFL Scouting Combine. CDC holding court last night at on-campus town hall. Talking about what's coming for Texas and what plans are. We'll get you details of all the highlights coming back. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Mm-hmm.